0: Good morning. Good morning, morning, everyone. Let's open up in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are grateful and thankful for this day that you have made. We are so uh, in awe of you, God, and how you just continue to show yourself strong and mighty on our behalf. Father, we thank you that you have brought us here today on this day of Pentecost, on this International Day of the Unreached, And we've come together, God, to become more equipped, knowledgeable, and ready to share our faith and to take it to the persecuted parts of the world. And so, Father, prepare our hearts and our minds, soften the soil of our hearts, that we might hear exactly what you are saying to us. Father, we ask that you would bless Sophia as she comes before us. We thank you so much for her gift and for her assignment, O God. As it is a blessing to us in charging us toward what you have called us to do in the earth, we commit this time to you. It is in your name we give thanks and praise. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Happy International Day of the Unreached. Woo 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 woo. Sophia is going to talk a little bit more about that when uh, she comes up because that's not something that we normally celebrate, uh, but it's something that the body of Christ needs to know about. And be a part of and so sophia is a sister beloved to new direction she's been here before and we're so excited to have her back again and i want to just uh hasten to introduce her so she can come up and share all the incredible things that god is doing Uh, sophia is uh the diversity advocate and ethnic partnership coordinator for send international send international is a dynamic organization Uh, That's interdenominational, multinational Christian mission organization making disciples among the unreached. They have over 500 missionaries in 20-plus countries. Amen? So they're doing a mighty work uh, throughout the world to those who have not yet heard the name of Jesus. And so we just want to welcome her. Let's give her a warm New Direction welcome as she comes.
1: Amen, amen. Well, thank you all for being here. I hope that uh, you received a piece of paper and a pen uh, because we're going to do some work today, but work for our own reflection. um, And really, I think my big thing whenever I come and share is when the presence of the Lord is with us, he changes us. And so my hope today for you is that you will encounter our Lord Jesus in a new way. And be able to listen to his voice, because when when his sheep hear his voice, right, they know it. And everything else that I say, if it's not from him, it doesn't matter, right? So uh, let's let's open up. Actually, on my way here, driving down 95, I had uh, this scripture playing, and and uh, we're in Psalm Psalm. Um, let me say 90, 96 here, 96. And as as this psalm was. Being read just stirred in my heart. Like this, this, right here, this is why I do what I do. This is why we are the church that comes together to worship. And and John Piper is famous for saying, mission exists because worship does not. There are places in the world where our God is not yet known. Our God is not yet worshiped by the peoples there, and that's why we go. That's why mission exists, so that we can bring this good news. So let's read here Psalm 96, the king of the earth. This is our God. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations his wonderful works among all peoples for the lord is great and is highly praised he is feared above all gods for all the gods of the peoples are idols but the lord made the heavens splendor and majesty are before him strength and beauty are in his sanctuary Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. He judges the peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the fields and everything in them exult. Oh, I missed this line. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everything in them exult. Then all the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his faithfulness. Heavenly Father, you are God who is worthy of all praise and the praise from the tongues of every people, tribe, language, nation, and tongue, Lord. Every knee we know will bow at your feet. And we pray, Lord, that we will be in supplication and prayer, Lord, by the peoples worshiping you, gladly rejoicing in the one who created them knowing them, loving them. God, you are so gracious that you have joined us here together as your people, that you have given us the gift of knowing you by your grace. And, Lord, that we celebrate you because you are a creator God who made himself known to us individually, personally, and you've called us by your name. Lord, let us take this charge, Lord, that we would then, Declare your praises, declare your glory among all the nations, that all the peoples also may join in this joyful celebration of knowing you, Christ our King, Lord of all. Father God, help us here today, Lord, to know you, to see you in your holiness, to remember to look up and be reminded that you are on your throne And Lord, here in this psalm, we're reminded of the people's, Lord, who are trapped in idolatry. We once were those people. And you brought us freedom in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we know you are the only name under heaven by which any man can be saved. And Lord... We ask for the nations because you said if we ask for the nations, Lord, your son will receive the inheritance he is due by the shedding of his blood that he has already purchased peoples from every tongue and tribe and nation. Lord, it may be today in our hearts a commitment, Lord, to make it so. Father God, meet with us here today. For we know when you are here in our presence, Lord, we cannot turn away. We cannot. Leave this place unchanged because you have a work for us that you're doing in us and one that you have planned from before time. Good works, Lord, for your saints to do for your glory. So, Lord, send us out here equipped, inspired, and closer to you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. So we are... Gonna look at a couple of different scriptures this morning. It'll be inviting you in again. As you're, if you're walking in right now, make sure to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Uh, one preacher I heard, <clears throat> he said, "The dullest pen or pencil is better than the sharpest memory." <laughs> right, right. Especially, you know, in this busy world. I mean, we got a lot of things going through our mind. So better to write it down and then to actually be able to be reminded as the Lord leaves, as you, if you journal, right, you open up and you, you're reminded, whoa, the Lord said this to me, man, I forgot, <laughs> but now I open it up because it's written, but if it's not written down, right, nothing to remind us that we have been taught by our Lord. So thank you for the invitation to be here. Uh, we've already introduced Send International as a global organization um, that is looking for the global church, for every person, every follower of Jesus Christ, to be making disciples, especially among the unreached. And here we are celebrating today, the day of Pentecost of the church. And, and what you see, and I mean, we, don't, we won't go into the whole sermon. I can go a whole sermon probably on, on Pentecost here. But Pentecost being really the reverse, right, of Babel, right, where, where the peoples, right, in one language, we're doing everything against the glory of God, right? For themselves, for their own glory. So the Lord brought in his creativity the diversity of languages. And then at Pentecost, he gave his people his new church, right? The believers gathered there in the upper room. He blessed them with the Holy Spirit. And what is the gift of the Holy Spirit but to make disciples among all the nations, that he then would equip his people by the works to do the works that he has planned for them. And that was to reconcile now all of the nations. So here we are celebrating uh, the day for the unreached, really, because we want to remember the forgotten. We want to remember the marginalized, those that have the greatest poverty in the world, which is the poverty of being apart from knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Often this poverty of the heart, right, is actually associated too with poverty economically in many of the places of the world. Um, We can look at all the statistics and we won't go into all of that um, because I think the most important thing for me today is for us to look at our God and see who he is, what he has invited us to be a part of, and what he has promised to do. Because it's not about us, it's about him. And so from creation, through his foreknowledge of what he was going to do at the fall in response, Tower of Babel, Pentecost, I mean, we are, all these things. He, he's been working his story the whole entire time. And if you were here last year with us, we went more into that glorious story of God's glory. We won't have time to repeat that, so I hope you remembered it and wrote it down. But um, we're going to invite you in to this great story. What do we mean by unreached? So this will be a review, um, but for us, oftentimes we don't think about what is this term, unreached. When we talk about the word unreached, and so with my missions agency being focused on finishing the task to the unreached, the least reached peoples of the world, we're talking about peoples in the world that in their populations, the people they're interacting with, there are less than 2% evangelical Christians. So the opportunity of a Christ follower being in their life, I'll witness it among them, right? You are my witness. You will be my witnesses, Jesus said, but if there are no witnesses among the people, how will they hear, right? They will not even see that there's light. So this is why we focus then on getting people, who carry that light of God's word to the unreached. And uh, if there are believers in these areas, they're still considered unreached if strategically they have not reached a point of kind of critical mass within their population where they're equipped. They have leaders that are equipping leaders that are multiplying disciples. They're not trained yet to be able to multiply and evangelize their own people. So we send workers also, right, to help to move them to that point where then they can take the gospel. Now, the DNA of a disciple, right, is to make disciples. So it should be there, planted from the beginning. But we know even from our own experience here in the church in America, we got a lot of people that don't even know that they have a job, that they are disciples. And the disciples' first job, right, is to follow Jesus. Sometimes we're following ourselves. And say, no, Jesus, hey, will you bless my doing?" What I'm doing? Following me? And he says, get behind me. Right? So first thing, we need some good biblical discipleship. But biblical discipleship includes that disciples make disciples. And that's just replication. We are a living being. Right? Living things do what? They multiply and reproduce. Otherwise, if they're not multiplying and reproducing, what are they doing? Nothing. Right? They might be growing themselves getting fat, (laughs) right? It's kind of, feed me, feed me, feed me. I'm getting fat, right? But no, it wasn't all supposed to be just for us. We're blessed to be a blessing. So um, I'm going to invite you into a story. I was in Macedonia. Um, Our organization serves there. It's uh, part of the former Yugoslavia. Right? So there's Macedonia and uh, Slovenia and Croatia and Bosnia all over there, all kind of uh, broken up from the former Yugoslavia. In Macedonia, <clears throat> the peoples there, Macedonians would consider themselves to be orthodox. Orthodox, um, and again, there are expressions, obviously, of the Orthodox faith, as well as the Catholic faith, probably, that, you know, there are people that know Jesus in those faiths. But a lot of times, uh, those, those faiths um, have become something that was nominal, similar even in this country sometimes when people say they're Christians, right? We know that uh, their lives, right, are a testimony unto whether the lordship of Christ reigns in their lives. Um, but in Macedonia, people in Macedonia will say, oh, well, I'm Orthodox because I'm Macedonian. In the country where I served in Spain, right, even though they're not religious at all, they'll say, yeah, I'm Catholic because I'm Spanish. But really what they mean is, well, I'm not Muslim, okay, like, so I'm I'm Christian or something, right? So uh, a lot of times we have that mindset of a particular religion is associated with a people, Right? And so actually, in the remaining parts of the world that are the most unreached, oftentimes it's because there's a dominant religion. And so when they think, my ethnicity or my nationality actually is associated with a religious thought, whether or not they actually practice, this is a barrier. This is a barrier because in their mind, they think to follow then Christ is to Somehow lose my culture, to lose my language, to lose my people group, and that's not what God has intended at all. In fact, he, he is Lord of all, and so this pastor in Macedonia, so a Macedonian pastor who has now been appointed, and has taken over one of our church plants. Praise the Lord! That's how it works, right? Um, he said to us when I was visiting. So I was there visiting as a mobilizer from the U.S., Chinese American, American born, right? Uh, we had our couple from Hong Kong, the mobilizers from Hong Kong, our German mobilizer, and he looked around the table and he said, This, more of this is what we need here in Macedonia. He said, The only way that the peoples of Macedonia will be able to break that mindset of their religion and their nationality are one is to see peoples of all nations. And so he said, when we see a team of workers that all believe and follow Jesus Christ and are working in love and unity, that will be the testimony that will break the stronghold of a faith being associated with a particular nationality. No, Jesus, we know, is Lord of all, of every tongue and tribe and nation. And he's not trying to destroy cultures or languages or peoples but actually to enhance them to their fullness that he's designed them to be now as i speak about that i think especially you my brothers and sisters from the african american community we recognize where christianity as an endeavor in the world historically has not done this well right right this is, we are we have faced and ourselves, probably if you haven't explored it yourself, I think I've just actually, even as a, as a person who was born in the United States, but grew up then in a white dominant culture. And a lot of the things I thought were Christian were really just white normativity. Right. <laughs> but what happened as a response was that I thought that somehow my Asian heritage, the, my Chinese family ways, were somehow less biblical because it wasn't white now that's I'm not gonna get into the whole story but if you haven't done for your own personal reflection how do we be the people that God has created me to be because he gave me this face didn't he he gave you your face he gave you your heritage and your your people's history and it is good Because he's been there that whole time wasn't something that he said oh no this was bad and now I'm making it white no right so people blindness in our country is one of the hardest tasks that we face here in the United States because one of the main reasons right why more African Americans are not probably in mission Because they never saw themselves as doing that part. Because who was always up there? White people. Who did I think were missionaries? White people. Right? I never thought I'd be a missionary, but God did a beautiful work of transformation in my life to get get on board by his grace. Because he doesn't want his people to miss out on the blessing of being a part of what he's doing. And right now is our time especially, and that's why I do what I do, is, is to invigorate the parts of the body that have been told that they didn't have a part. Not because it was explicit, although at times, and then think in your history, if you know, unfortunately, yes, there was a time, right, where black people from the United States were said, you can't go, right? You can't go to Africa, even though God had gifted your people to go, there are barriers historically, and we are, as we uncover it, and we lament it, and we say, Lord, forgive us, and I think last week, I I imagine, Ray, uh, I mean, who would have gone more into that, but the healing, we need healing from that, and reconciliation, because right now, it's a barrier, it's a barrier on both sides, so reconciliation needs to happen, and it is possible, because that is what our Lord Jesus is all about, And he said to his people, he said, this is what we are all about. You will be my people that reconcile. You will be my witnesses. You will be my ambassadors. You will bring reconciliation. So we have a task here, and it's beautiful. The only way we can break that mindset, especially among the unreached, is to see a global workforce of every tongue and tribe and nation, of peoples of many colors, and especially from here, from the United States of America. We need a united, God-glorifying, diverse workforce Of people from the African American community, from all different Asian American communities, from Mexican communities, from Hispanic communities, from every people group. Because there are people that follow Jesus in every one of those people groups in this country. And there are even Muslims, right? Former Muslims that have come to Christ. Arabs. That are part of our body, part of our family, and part of that testimony that will go forth and is so important When we look, this is probably not an unfamiliar picture, um, if you have looked at all into the the picture of the unreached. The red dots here, and even where you can see it's kind of almost black, because the red dots are so overlapping, right, in some parts like India. These are dots that represent millions of people in these areas, right, where they would be considered the least reached, the red. Green, obviously, is going to represent um, peoples that have access, access to the gospel. It doesn't mean that everybody's a believer, but it means that there are witnessing communities, places, and people making disciples, right, that can make disciples of those people. Now, you will see that there are some red spots in different parts of our country even. Okay, so there are communities, right, where we have not crossed over the border, essentially. Not that there was a physical boundary. There might be a language boundary. There's definitely cultural boundaries. Um, so for example, one of the, the highest Arab communities right, in our country is in Dearborn, Michigan, just outside of where my company actually is, is uh, located. So they're looking actually to move our office right into Dearborn as a potential way to, to engage more readily, physically being present in the community. Uh, but there are places in the United States where there are significant populations that are pretty isolated. And we understand that because we've been those people too, right? Well, we've stayed mostly with people that look like us because it's comfortable. We don't have to explain ourselves, what we eat, the way we talk, right? I don't have to think twice. Probably everywhere else I go, right? i got to make an effort to be understood. And that's hard. It requires energy. That's the minority experience, right? So, so sometimes it's just easier to stay among our own people than it is to be intentional and recognize that even in my presence here in my community with my Indian neighbor next door, wow, do I realize that they may have different foods? I might not really get what kind of history or culture they come from, but sometimes I'm not making that effort because I just feel more comfortable, right? But it's likely, look at India. Lots of people groups there, unreached. And most that have come here are in our schools, are in our neighborhoods, are in our jobs, are, are people that we're interacting with on a daily basis. And do we see them as people loved by God? As people that, if they don't know the gospel and don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, wow, we know they're missing out, aren't they? And our love for Christ should compel us, right, to love one another, love others, especially our neighbors. I mean, Jesus went as far, right, as to go even further and say, love our enemies. (laughs) Right? So, mm, we got to put that in practice, disciples. (laughs) And that's a hard one, right? But... When we do what we're supposed to do as disciples, man, we will—we are going to reach those unreached. Um, I was surprised, actually, myself. I just found out about, I didn't, I didn't think about Russia. Russia is one of the areas uh, we serve in. And the other day, they were talking about just, uh, it was 117, 117 unreached people groups in the country of Russia. I had no idea that there were that many unreached peoples in Russia. Because certainly the Russians, maybe there are, or, there are churches there, um, but there's so many other people groups, and some of them, I mean, they look Muslim, some of them, they look Asian, right? So, I mean, Russians, when you think of Russians, you think white. But, oh, my goodness, the diversity of peoples in that huge country. I was blown away when I heard this report. Um, and, and did you know about another area, people group, right, that we are concerned about is for the deaf. Deaf peoples, right? Because here, I could be speaking up here. If they're deaf, they're not hearing the gospel, are they? So who's speaking their language? Who's taking the time to learn their language or even to teach them a language? I just watched this compelling video. You you can find it on Joshua Project if you look up deaf. But it was a a 15-year-old boy in Uganda who was deaf. Never had a conversation in his life because he wasn't able to go to a school for deaf people, right? So he never learned to communicate. And then someone went to his village and put on a school for deaf. And, and oh, you, should, you just have to watch the video to see the transformation. I mean, immediately, because think about that God, right, even himself, right, he sent his son the word. How important communication is for us to thrive, And so deaf peoples is another. Unreached people groups, and there's many different sign languages out there. There's not just American sign languages. There's different people groups, um, and some that still have yet to be developed and taught to the people. Um, We are going to look specifically, oops, sorry, let me put that up there. So status of Bible translation, the word being transmitted into the heart language of peoples. You can see the statistics here. There's 7,000-plus languages in the world 3,300-some 3, with some, maybe parts, but not maybe not all, but and then, or all of Scripture, but over 2,000-plus languages still waiting to be translated to take the Word of God into the language of the people. And the, they expect that number to go up because of deaf people, actually, because of the deaf sign languages that are still not yet even identified. So um, there's definitely a need here just to even have What we probably have multiple copies of and access on our phones, in our heart language, or any other version that we want, peoples are without um, the the hope that we know from the word of God. So that's a prayer request. Uh, The percentage, these are some of the statistics, 42% of the world is still unreached. Um, 3.14 billion is what that translates to. And these numbers are just huge, aren't they? So it's sometimes hard for us to understand. um, But... We're looking at about seven thousand um, people groups that Joshua Project, which is the the primary researcher on this topic of unreached peoples, um, Joshua Project has identified seven thousand approximately unreached people groups. That is clusters of people that are would be defined right uh, that would not be that there are barriers right whether culturally, linguistically, geographically. Although that one is pretty much you know with flights and being able to go and we can walk, we can fly anywhere. Um, that one is is more just a matter of us going, <laughs> but culture and language are ones where uh, we definitely need to cross culture. Um, here, again, a reminder of what we know, um, similar to what we read here in Psalm. I'm just going to pull this up so it makes it easier. I don't have to keep looking back this way. Uh, Psalm 22 here and Psalm 67. So even before Christ, right? This is, Psalms were written before Christ So this has been God's plan from the beginning, right? All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord because he's their creator, right? And all the families of the nations will bow down before him for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. And then we pray this prayer. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations, God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. So our blessing as a people of God is its not separate. It's not like, just for me, let me have this blessing. Like, if we stop, and sometimes pastors do, right? I mean, just stop. God be gracious to us. Make his face shine upon us. Be blessed. Go, go forth. Right? That's not the verse the verse is linked, linked to God's glory being revealed to all the earth. That's why we have a blessing. He says, I bless you, Kenita, so that you go and be a blessing to make me known to the ends of the earth, because that's my plan, right? So that's where we're going, because all the earth will fear him. But how will, he, how will they know? They know through us, because they see the blessing of God on us, and we bless them. We love them. We are his witnesses. So, Again, this is a review from last year, but uh, pray, pray. I've invited you to pray, uh, Luke 10 2. I, I don't know if any, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands if you did this. <laughs> but I just set a time on my phone, and it comes up. And, uh, and we just got to join. This is, this, Jesus invites us. He says, pray, right? Pray to me. I am the Lord of the harvest, that I will send out workers. And we got to believe. He says, the, the harvest is plentiful. Sometimes that's our barrier, even especially here in the United States. Sometimes we have a barrier that we put up ourselves because we think that people don't want to know. Because we've been lulled by Satan to believe that people don't want to hear you, that people don't want to. We got living water, people. We got life, abundant life, and it's only in Jesus, and we know that. Don't you think dead people want life? So what are we thinking? That they're not interested. They might not know that they're interested. They might be placating their desires for knowing a Savior with everything else, right? Lulling them their senses to sleep with alcohol and drugs and relationships and money and pursuit of career and education, right? They might be lulling themselves to their need of God, but they need them because God created them. To know him, so the harvest is plentiful. We gotta believe it. So it's our invitation to to go and serve, and that the Lord of the harvest then would send out his workers. Um, We know that at the end, every nation, all tribes, all peoples, and tongues will be standing there. So when all peoples are proclaiming salvation to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, we know um, that God is going to continue to move us even now. So. My heart, of course, I'm going to throw up some verses up here. I'm not going to go into all of them, but you can write them down. And for your own reflection, I invite you to do that. Our invitation in John 17, uh, 23, to be unified as his church because it is the very witness that will testify to his name. Uh, And then the reflection of the body. In the United States of America, one of the cultural mindsets that we have is individualism. And one of those, I mean, and again, there are things that are powerful about that. Like we have a personal relationship with God. We know God personally, individually. I am responsible for, you know, my quiet time with the Lord. That's a good aspect of our faith. But when it misses how we're connected to the body, we need both. It's not one or the other. We are, yes, individuals that are known by God, individually loved and able to have a relationship with him. But we're part of a family of God. And to that family, to that body, he has assigned, right, different gifts, different parts, different roles, and we're supposed to be working together for his glory, united, not separate, not acting just as lone rangers, but for him. So you'll, you, I invite you to look at those scriptures a little bit more. Um, I want to, uh, we are going to look at a story, a parable here. Uh, and we're going to move through it pretty quickly, but it's just a tool that is going to help you to see, you know, we believe that the power of God, right, his scripture, and by his spirit, he speaks. His words are more powerful than any one of our human words, right? So let's invite people to the scripture. We know his story is there throughout Genesis and Revelation. And interestingly enough, why are there so many different styles and authors, right? Because there are so many different peoples out there who will connect with different stories from the Bible and different cultures, right, are going to respond to certain stories that maybe we won't respond to because that's not our frame of thinking. But God in his wisdom and his sovereignty has given us his whole word so that all the peoples would know. And uh, we need to believe that. So if we give people the scriptures, and they will see his glory throughout it. And, and uh, I think what's cool about the word is that you see so many of these, these people's lives. That's really what this book is about, isn't it? It's people's relationship with God. Sometimes they're close to God. Sometimes they honor God. Sometimes they don't, right? But you see their journeys. That's not different from ours. We're all imperfect in our relationship with God. We all have failures. We have all things here. But they're here to teach us, to teach us to continue to return to Christ and to look at Christ who was the perfect one who lived out his life. And we are part of that story then. But our job is not to make ourselves something shiny to show the world. Our job is to reveal in our weakness our imperfection that we have a savior who lived a perfect life. And so we point people to him. We point people to the scripture. So I'm going to run through a little bit of a training exercise here. So we're going to be... Using this framework, it's called Scripture Observation Application Prayer, SOAP. Um, I invite you, again, to use your your piece of paper to jot things down. Um, So this is kind of the framework, but you can use this in your daily walk with the Lord. I found this really powerful for myself, just as a simple tool, but it's so replicable, too. I use this in Spain with university students, Um, everyone with their phone. They can look at the scripture in whatever language they're looking at. So I could be reading it in English, I could be reading it in Spanish, whatever it is. They're sitting there reading in Chinese. Um, but we go through the scripture together, and then it's a personal invitation to say, what is the Lord speaking to me through this scripture? And you write down, you pick out one verse, essentially, or something that stands out to you. But asking the Spirit to speak and give me just one thing. We're not so good at putting together like 500 things at once, right? We can do one thing. Okay? I mean, I'm just saying, like, walk away today not thinking, oh, I should do 500 things. But pick one thing today, please. Do not leave this place today without hearing the Lord one thing, Lord, that you want me to put into practice. Because then, slowly, we change, right? 365 days, now we got 365 changes that we made. But those little changes add up to a life of transformation, that we become the new creation, that we are in Christ if I choose to, you know, say, hey, I'm going to do 10 things and I do zero, then I'm unchanged. Then I'm disobedient, right? So let's pick one thing. So observation is just looking and seeing the story, really holding in high reverence the scripture. Then application will then be an invitation. What is that truth? If this truth is true, how does it change how I think? How does it change how I live today? Following Jesus means to do What? To obey his command. So let me put this into practice, Its application. Prayer, then, because we know we can't do it. We can't do it on our own strength. Prayer is the invitation to say, Lord, give me that power. Give me that power to put into practice what you have put on my heart today. So that's kind of the, the summary here. And then summary, like, what is it, if you had a key word, a key thing, phrase that was your takeaway, just jot it down, right? And then what should you do to rep- reproduce, to multiply? to make disciples, all we got to do is say, the Lord told me this today. It really blessed me. Help me to put this into practice, brother. And you know what? That blessing that you've received now, testimony, witness, and a blessing to your brother and sister or the unreached person that you share that with. It's just a very simple, simple practice here. What we receive from the Lord, we pass on freely. Receive from the Lord. Don't hold on to myself and get fat. Okay? I'm supposed to put that into practice. Exercise. Give it to someone else. Share the wealth. All right, so let's take a look at Matthew uh, 14. So we're going to use this scripture and just passage, uh, read through it. Think about, ask the Lord, Spirit, speak to me. Pick out one verse, something that stands out to you from this passage. So I wish I could pass this mic around and then you guys could do this uh, faster. Um, Oh, wow, yeah. Then we can actually get some people involved. I love that. I'm talking too much, you know. All right, so Matthew 14. Now, the parallel or a parallel scripture, right, is John 6. Also, we're looking at the 14. But, again, you can jot it down and, again, put into practice. You know, when you go home today, ask the Lord. We don't have time to go through this whole study. Normally, this would take, you know, 20 minutes to read through, 20 minutes to kind of contemplate the structure, and 20 minutes then to share. All right. And to share with each other. That's a great, simple way to share your faith and to invite people into encountering the word of God. Um, do I have some volunteers? Yeah, maybe we can just kind of read the passage together here. Starting in there. This is the title here.
0: Matthew uh, 14, starting in verse 13. The Thank entire you. thing or just one one verse?
1: Yeah, go ahead and read it. Uh, However you feel comfortable, if you want to pass it on, that's fine. I'll pass
0: it on. Okay. (laughs) When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for Mm. them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food.
2: Let's hear what Jesus has to say. Well, Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Mm. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring Mm. them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. Mm. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves Mm. to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up Mm. 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children.
1: Hmm. All right. So in this process, what you can do, and actually in Thailand where Kanita and uh, Tanisha are going to be going and Calvin, right, I think. and No? Oh, wait. Who else was invited? Just, Just to you. you. Um, but you guys are going to be scouting out. One of the, the s- ways that we're actually engaging, right, is by telling Bible stories. Okay, so here's a Bible story, right? This happened in real life. It's an account, right, a historical account of what, what Jesus' encounters with his people, his disciples, and the people surrounding, right, the people that are following him. And so storytelling is a great way, right, just getting people into it. So tell me the story. What which, what did we just read? Let's just try to see if we can recount the story. Just retell it to me. What did you hear? I, I heard in the first verse um, he departed. Mm-hmm.
0: He departed. and he demands us to go. So Mm. Jesus himself became that example (laughs) that said, go. Mm. And he went by himself. He didn't have to have a whole multitude of people to go. So he followed Mm. what he was preaching.
1: Okay. That's just in verse 13. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Retell the story. Let's retell the story. So Jesus departed, right, to a place. Go ahead. Um, The compassion is what rings true to me. He had compassion on them. Yes. He healed their sick. The disciples had compassion. They said, we need to get these people some food. Mm. And Jesus took it a step further and said, they don't have to, we don't have to send mm. them anywhere. So the compassion from, from healing the sick to the compassion of the disciples saying,
2: mm.
1: we need to feed them. But mm-hmm. Jesus saying, we don't need to send them away to feed them. We mm. still can feed them. Mm, yeah, so, so Jesus, right, um, he departed there by boat, right, to a, a remote place. The crowds, they end up following him, right, and he has compassion. So he sees them. He had compassion on them, right? And so Jesus is ministering to them. Um, his disciples, right, when evening came, recognized, whoa, they're probably hungry. They've been here with you all day long. You should probably get them some food and send them away. And then Jesus says, they don't need to go away. And he says, right here, verse 16, you give them something to eat. All right. Who else? Because I don't want to steal the story. What else did you hear? Tell me more about what, what's happening in the story. What happened when Jesus said, they don't need to go from here. You give them something to eat. Go, I think them back there.
2: Amen.
0: Uh, when he said that, uh, he, he got them involved. Uh-huh. You know, he got them involved to, to do the work, Yeah, you know, so uh, uh, not for them just to stand around and start saying, well,
2: they need this, they need that. But you do this. You can do this. Amen. He met the needs of the people, too.
1: All right. So you so, give them something to eat, he says. All right. Yeah, he gives them charge, responsibility. Don't just talk about it. <laughs> Let's do something about it. All right. So what is next then? What was their response to Jesus saying, you give them something to eat?
0: So the disciples um, looked at what they had, and they said, well, we only have these fish and this bread. Um, And Jesus said, well, give that to me.
1: Ooh.
0: He said, give that to me.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you. See, all we're doing is retelling the story, right? Retelling the story. So they say, but we only have five loaves and two fish. How are we going to feed all these people? There's multitudes, right? And Jesus says, bring them here to me. All right. Tell me what else happens in the story. What happens then? Did they give him what he had? Let's see what he did with it. All right. What happened in the story?
0: He t- uh, Jesus told the people to sit down, mm-hmm. and he took the bread and the fish, mm-hmm. and he looked up to heaven, yes, and he, he blessed it. Mm. And then he broke it up and put it in the baskets, I imagine, mm. and gave it to the disciples to distribute.
1: Yes. All right. So he took what the disciples had, right? He prayed blessing on it. He broke it. And then he had them, gave them back to the disciples, right? Because they had a part to do. And the disciples did what? They gave them to the crowds. All right. So what else? What else was the conclusion of the story? What else happened in this story?
0: So then they ate and they were full.
1: And, and, and let's just be specific here. Verse 20. Who ate? They all ate. Everyone. All everyone all ate. And, and was there. what? Hunger and still? There. Went to Burger King after? No. They said... Everyone ate yeah, they were filled and, and they was were left filled. Overs. And more than that, yes, praise the Lord. Keep on going. Who is this God, right? <laughs> then they picked up what? They picked up what? Twelve <laughs> baskets full. Twelve baskets full of leftover pieces. And then we have a little commentary. It says, now those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides the women and children. Bam. Jesus is like, I got no problem. You got five loaves, two fish? Give them to me. What can Jesus do with what we give him? Yes. Amen. More than all that we can ask or imagine. Yes. But what would have happened? If we didn't give him that, no miracle, no feeding, and then we're just sitting around saying, these, somebody should give these people something to eat. <laughs> Lord, Lord, have mercy on us, and, and just let us speak, listen to his word, right? Okay, so very quickly, because I know, tell me the time again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is, this is how you run through a story. I mean, was that easy? Did I have to have a PhD for that? Jesus speaks, doesn't he? He already gave us everything we need to give to everyone. And he invites us to be a part of it. So here we are. We see a story. So we, we tell the story. We tell the people. And so if you're talking with your neighbor, you say, you know, hey, can I tell you a story? What did you hear? Right? Oh, well, what else happened in that story? Yeah, it just now guess what? They're learning. They're being exposed to the word of God. And we know that the word of God does not come back void. I, I trust that there's, there's a seed being planted right here now today in your heart just because the word was read. Yes. And you're slowly digesting, and I challenge you to go home and say, continue to digest it. Make those observations, and then ask the Lord, what's the application? How do you want me to put this into practice in my life? And ask him for the power of his presence to then put it into practice. So that's how, how we kind of run through when we shared the story. We ran through there. Um, Write down, because I don't want you to, to leave um, without just having a chance to just take a moment to think about what the Lord maybe revealed to you in this time, and even just to take a short prayer um, to reflect on this passage. And this is a simple model that's so reproducible, so easy. And if we get good at telling stories, and I, I have a feeling my, my black brothers and sisters, you like to tell some stories. <laughs> and from a little child, right? You learned those verses. You learned those stories. You didn't even probably need the written word, did you? Because you got to hear. You got to hear. That's, we hide it in our hearts so that we can share it. So, write down uh, just a reflection there.
2: Beloved Father, we thank you and praise you. We deeply desire to pray for Thai people. We give you thanks for the grace and love that you have demonstrated to us in so many different ways. We thank you for gospel which has entered Thailand and has been spreading throughout the land. We pray that your mercy would pour down over us as we preach the good news. We pray that every ear will hear the story of Jesus Christ and every knee will bow before you and that every tongue will confess that you are God. May your gospel bring forth abundance of fruit as it did preach in this land. Lord, in heaven, there are so many sins that Thai people have committed. Lord, we ask for your mercy. Cleanse our spirit that we would be able to forsake our sins. Forgive the condition of our heart that we would leave the sin of adultery that are so prevalent in our country. Having sex before marriage, rampant murder, human trafficking, and sinful lifestyles. Father, we ask that you would help us solve these problems. There are so many people addicted to drugs and alcohol and are trapped in their sins. So many people don't have a way out. May you enter into their dire circumstances and touch their life in a way that they will come to know you and see the light of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, the problem of corruption is so prevalent in our country. Help Thai people to be faithful and honest with one another. May they see Jesus who is our faithful God. May you move mightily among the family of Thai Christians that will be salt and light, that we will show you love, bring forth your salvation, and we will proclaim your name. May you lead us and call us to humble ourselves that we will confess our sins. We believe that you will hear from heaven and heal our land. May you pour our Holy Spirit on this land. May you rid us of darkness in our heart and shine the light into thy hearts. May you bless and heal us. We give you thanks and praise you. We pray together in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
1: So, this is a, a tool. Uh, if you go to prayercast.com, this one was on Thailand because we're going to, in a moment, pray for Kanita and Tanisha and, and the peoples of Thailand. Uh, but there are, every country is there. I don't know if you know that Ramadan uh, just finished up this last month, and every day PrayerCast had a different video to pray for Muslims. Um, it's a great tool, a great way to be involved through prayer, um, to just open up our hearts to pray for the unreached, um, that, the, that the gospel will go forth. Um, even as we pray for workers, we pray for the salvation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ in amongst these people. And so that's one of the ways. Um, I'll invite you just when you at the end of the back there. I do have a quite a few tools also. And again, take one, right? I mean, you can take all of them if you want, but put into practice one at least, right? Choose as the Lord leads. Um, this is a prayer for missionaries and their families. So even as you, we send out Kanita and Tanisha, you know, be thinking and praying for them. This is a specific flyer that's out there for Thailand and tells you a little bit of statistics and uh, focuses on there. Um, one of the great things here that I, I love, just even with this idea of what do we have in our hands, right? I mean, God asks us to say, what do we have, right? They don't need to go away. What do you have? Five loaves, two fish maybe aren't in our hands. But one thing that we do have, we have hands of prayer, right? And one of the tools that we've cre- uh, created a little card out there that helps us to remember the five major groups of unreached peoples that by religious block. So tribal, Hindu, unreligious, bo- uh, Muslim, and Buddhist, right? Thumb. It just says thumb. So we remember when we look at our hands In any moment, without any money, I can be praying, right? But I can't be remembering the five major unreached people groups um, by their religious block. Um, So that's a tool out there. My prayer card is also out there. And and in the future, if the Lord leads, um, you know, maybe you'll be praying for a particular people group, like the Assam people, which is the people group that one of the people groups that we work with in Thailand that Center International has um, a work in. And then I'm hoping to take my church on a short-term mission trip teaching English because guess what? If you live in America, right, we speak English. So we got that gift, and that's a huge, huge way to bless. Uh, We have this open door with the university students there um, with a professor actually in agreement that we can share, just like this. Teach English through the telling of Bible stories. That's how we're teaching English at the 180 Student Center. And the professor who sends his students, like sometimes 180 of them, they have to go for at least two hours every week. And the agreement is that we get to teach them Bible stories. And he said, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So praise the Lord, because he is moving in this country of Thailand. But these peoples, um, you'll see, definitely have a need. Oh, sorry. No, we'll leave that up there. Um, Let's bring up, uh, yeah, Kanita and Tanisha. Um, Why don't you guys come up? Because one of the things that you guys are doing, which is awesome, um, is that you are sending out your people to explore this unknown land, to see the peoples there. Because we got to see, Right. To have compassion. That's why that video, I think, hopefully you saw something there and wow, would the Lord stir us to compassion? And then he invites us, right? He says, they don't need to go away. You are there, right? You are there. So give them something to eat. So we're gonna pray for, for our sisters who are gonna go forth here and also just for your church as you engage in this endeavor of, Lord, what is the part that New Direction Bible Fellowship has on reaching the unreached? Perhaps in Thailand among the Isan people or the Shan people or one of these many people groups there that are unreached. Lord, what do you want to do with our time, our talent, our treasure? What do we have in our hands that we can offer? And um, we know we can pray. So we're going to pray for for these um, ladies here. Oh, thank you. I'm going to just pull up. You can see the the unreached people groups. 79 unreached people groups in Thailand. This is the Isan people here. Um, 18 million 18 million, okay, that uh, only found in in six different countries, Um, they do have, praise God, the scripture in New Testament, at least, not the Old Testament yet, probably all done, um, but less than 1% evangelical Christian, so praise God for him, making disciples, and sending his people there to this country of Thailand. I guess I'll have to hold this. Heavenly Father, We thank you, Lord, because um, you are doing a work even in our midst here, in our hearts, Lord, through your word and through your spirit that moves. Thank you, Lord, because you went first. And we follow. And, And when we are with you, Lord. We see the needs of the people because you heal them. You minister to them. You are there already present in Thailand. You are working among these peoples, and you invite your people then to be a part. We thank you, Lord, for the invitation, Lord, to see what we have, to not look that we have scarcity, but in fact, you are a God who multiplies. You are a God who owns all of things, Lord. You are a God who holds all the cattle on the hill, Lord, and you own it all, and you've blessed us to be a blessing, to reach the unreached, Lord. And we pray and we thank you, Lord, for these sisters, Lord, and for the vision of this church, for for Pastor Benson, Lord, for the missions um, team, Lord, and for Tanisha and Kenita being willing, Lord, to say, yes, I will give up my time. I'll give up my vacation. And, Lord, that they're going to raise up funds, Lord, that you're sending them out, that they're raising up prayer warriors from this place, Lord, because when we pray, when your people pray, Lord, You, yes, Lord, you come and you heal our land. Lord, we humble ourselves, Lord, before you. We ask, Lord, that we would be consecrated before you, Lord, in holiness because you are a holy God. God, and we offer, Lord, and we put before you what you have given us. Because all comes from you, Lord. And we pl- place these ladies into your hands, Lord. Yeah. We know, Lord, that you will protect them and guide them and give them wisdom as they interact um, with the team and the missionaries and the peoples there, Lord. As we saw even on the video, Lord, it's a, it's a place, Lord, that does not know you. Yes. And so they're locked up in oppression and in slavery, Lord, to, to many things, Lord, that, that are, are captivating them, Lord. And, Lord, you want to set the prisoners free in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we ask, Lord, for these nations. We ask for Thailand. We ask for the people of the Asan people, the Shan people. Lord, some of these unreached people yes. groups, 79 unreached people groups in Thailand. Lord, God, yes. give this church a vision, Lord, to make yes. disciples yes. 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 among the unreached. And especially, Lord, would you give them wisdom as they send out these two ladies Thank you, Father. as scouting, Lord, um, what you're doing. And that they would come back, Lord. Um, yes, it's a, it's a big task, Lord, but you are sending all your people from many different um, peoples, Lord, and, and this church and African-Americans have a part in your mission, Lord. I thank you for my Hispanic brothers and sisters that I was with uh, last week um, that also have been sending people to Thailand because they're reaching the unreached, Lord. We thank you for our teams that are, are um, working together in light of the call for unity, God, you've given us such a big task that we would have to need each other, and we would have to depend on you. So, God, we ask for your power, your wisdom, and your strength, Lord, because these ladies I know, they've got a couple weeks of travel with the National African American Missions Conference also right before their travels, Lord. Give them strength, Lord. Um, Give them the reliance on your spirit, Lord, and fill them up with your word so that it overflows to be a blessing in your spirit to the peoples that they encounter in Thailand. Um, Lord, knit us together with your heart and in uh, your body that is being your hands and feet in places, Lord, that we don't yet know, but you are there, Lord. So take us, uh, may we follow you with all our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 (laughs) Um, All right. Thank you so much.
0: Us again. Um, we so appreciate you. Thank you for the charge to our hearts. Yeah. I hope we were all charged and we have some things to think about and to pray about before the Lord, about what we are each called to do, um, not just overseas, but locally. How do we engage with one another? How do we take our five loaves of new fish yeah. in our hands and offer them up to the Lord daily about who we can engage right here
1: Thank you again, Sophia. Um, We're going to close out in prayer. Any final comments or questions? No, no. but if you want, again, these tools are in the back here, so I'd love to connect with you and talk with you more about any specific things too. Um, So, yeah, thank you for the privilege of being here.
2: Awesome.
0: Father God, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, um, that you went before us, that you Mm. set the example.